0: this is an incredible deal. You don't want to miss it. Go ahead and sign up at com slash join.
1: In order to succeed at whatever it is that you're dreaming for and you want, you have to get so close to failure, meet failure and fear in the face. You have to look it in the face and say, you can't have me.
0: Keller. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited about today's episode because Angela Johnson Reyes is here and she is my friend. She's amazing. She is somebody who I connect to on so many levels and I know that this is going to inspire you so very much. I'm also ecstatic because we are doing an event with Andy Grammer. I just adore him. He is so incredible. His music, his heart, his poetry, the way he sees the world he's so much more than a songwriter. He's just like on a mission to change lives. And he does it because he's such an open soul. And Rachel Platten, she's exquisite. She's such a gift. And her music, and it's not just her music. It's the way she sees the world that allows her to write that music. And my friend, Amy Purdy, who I don't even know if she's a human being. She's so incredible. It's like, I feel like, She's like an angel, truly. She's just beyond words. And my friend Candace Nelson, who inspires me so much. And it's, it's the fact that she's created this business, but it's with such humility and such playfulness. She's like Willy Wonka. So these are just a few of the souls that are going to be with me. And we are going to be with you doing a two-day live experience called Kathy Heller and Friends. You can get your tickets by going to KathyHeller.com slash friends. Or you can find the link in my Instagram bio. But here's the cool thing. Not only is this going to be the most melt your face off epic two days, but because it's Labor Day, you can get $100 off tickets if you use the code RISE. And that means that you can come to this event for about $500. You can spend two days having this deep experience. We are going to do meditation. You are going to Go through this workshop and you are going to come out the other side and feel so much lighter. And on top of all of that, you are going to hear music and you are going to be around people who have gone beyond the horizon and who come back to say, take my hand. We're all going together. So I want you to come and join us and you can get the tickets. If you go to the link in my Instagram bio at kathy.heller, you can go get the tickets if you go to kathyheller.com slash friends. Go find yourself a ticket and use the code RISE so that you can get that Labor Day $100 off. And if you are alumni, we have an extra special code for you. So if you want that extra special code, just send me a DM on Instagram and I will give you a code for 50% off. That's right. Send me a DM and I will give you a code for 50% off. Also... Next week, if you have been thinking, I would love to learn how to start a podcast, or if you've been thinking, I have a podcast, but I want to grow it. Or if you've been thinking, I would just love to sit with Kathy live for a few days for free and learn how she grew this podcast, how she was able to create an audience, and how she's been able to monetize this podcast to multiple millions of dollars. If you're just interested in hearing about that whole journey, I'd Actually, find it pretty fascinating myself. Then you can go to kathyheller.com/bootcamp and sign up to take your seat in our workshop, which is going to be next week, starting September 12th. I will be live every single day for an hour, and I will be going over the whole story, play by play, and teaching you how you could learn from what has worked for me, and you could do the same. And I promise you can, because when I started. I didn't know anybody famous. I wasn't famous myself. I didn't have a book. I'm still not a famous person, I don't think, but I didn't have any of the things. I didn't have an Instagram account. I didn't have an email list. And here I am, pretty crazy awesome. How much is possible? So go to kathio.com slash bootcamp and get yourself a free ticket. And if you're in the LA area and you want to come to a comedy show... I'm going to be emceeing a comedy show on September 18th and my husband will be doing standup and we will be doing a live podcast from stage and you can get tickets uh, by also going to the Instagram bio link that I have. You can also find tickets at Uh Mark is spelled with a K. It's just so much good stuff. So, so much. I told you I'm very excited. Very, very excited. It is such a joy. Ah, uh, Gosh. And there's so many more things coming up. So make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast because you do not want to miss the things that are happening here. Next week, Chelsea Clinton is going to be on the show. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of very cool things happening. All right, let's dive into today's episode because it is such a treat. Angela Johnson Reyes is here. She's a stand-up comedian. She's an actress, a dancer, an internet sensation. She's also a podcast host and an author. You might know her from her viral nail salon stand-up bit that has over 100 million views or from her legendary character, Bon Kui Qui on Mad TV, which has been viewed and replicated by over 65 million people worldwide. What's funny is that Angela never had dreams of actually becoming a comedian, but her jokes are really what kickstarted her career. And she has sold out comedy shows across the country. Plus she's had multiple comedy specials like That's How We Do It, The Homecoming Show, and Not Fancy. She's also had guest appearances in Ugly Betty. And my personal favorite, Herb Your Enthusiasm. And she also wrote a book that came out this year. It is hilarious and touching. It's a memoir called Who Do I Think I Am? Stories of Chola Wishes and Caviar Dreams, where Angela explores questions of understanding who you are and finding your place in the world and embracing the messiness of evolving faith, searching for belonging and meaning, and having the audacity to dream big. It's a perfect balance of humor and nourishment for your soul. Go get yourself a copy. She also co-hosts the podcast, "Mangela" with her husband, Manuel Reyes, where they open up about life and love and relationships. And she hosts her own podcast, Those Stories with Angela, which is dedicated to real-life stories and encounters that are out of this world. She's planning on a season two, so make sure that you go listen to both of those podcasts. And not only is Angela a comedic powerhouse, but she is so connected to faith. And this conversation was just such a spiritual journey in and of itself. I so appreciate her and her vulnerability and how she shares what it's like to go through all these phases of her life. And she felt completely broken at one time. And it's incredible where she is today. And she gives some really valuable advice on just how to find your feet and how to take the next step and get to where you want to be. You're going to love her. Just absolutely love her. So I won't keep you waiting any longer. Without further ado, please welcome the remarkable Angela Johnson Reyes. Angela, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I know that my audience will feel very inspired by your courage and the coolness. You have a a very big cool factor. Um, so I want (laughs) to, I want to hear the story of how on earth you made a career doing stuff you really, really like to do. How did that happen?
1: Oh man, taking it back to the beginning. Well, first of all, I do stand-up comedy, but stand-up comedy was kind of like a fluke, to be honest. I had no idea this is what I was going to be doing. No way. Can't yeah. believe that. I wanted to be an actress only. That I mean, I'm believe. still, an, a- I'm still yeah, an actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand-up, I had no idea that that was going to be my thing. Oh, that's um, juicy. I love that. So I grew up in the Bay Area. My parents were divorced when I was young. I bounced around to a bunch of different schools. School was hard for me. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. There was a little piece of me that wanted to be an actress, but I would never say it out loud because I was embarrassed <laughs> because I was ashamed. Like, who do I think I am to say I want to be an actress? I'm just this little Mexican girl in San Jose. What do I know about being an actress? I don't know anything. Where do you be in the movies in San Jose? You don't. Like, how do you get in movies? I don't right. know. So I had this little kind of far-fetched fantasy that I tucked away in my heart. And then I had a friend who moved to LA and she was in a Ross commercial. She was in an NSYNC. No way. Oh, yeah. Not a Ross commercial. Oh yeah. An, <laughs> an sync music video. It's really cool though. I mean, I
0: would think that's, that's arrived. That's arrived somewhere on some level. I was,
1: I was like, I know somebody famous. That's yeah. what's happening now. Clearly. I remember talking to her one day and saying, Hey, I want to do what you're doing and she was like well if you ever move to LA I'll help you get started and I'll help show you how to do it and so now this far-fetched fantasy was becoming kind of an attainable dream that I could actually dream for and right around the same time I ran into an old friend and she was now a cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders and she was like hey you should come try out and I was like no thanks that's not really my jam and I was kind of in this place where I I didn't know what to do with my life. And I'm out of high school. (laughs) I'm like in a couple years of junior college and I was praying about it. And I was like, okay, God, listen, I am going to try out for the Oakland Raiders. And if I make the squad, I'm going to do it for one year. And I'm going to take that as my sign to pursue the entertainment industry. I'll do it for the one year. And then I'll move to LA and I will go try to be an actress. But if I don't make the squad, I'm going to use that as my sign that the entertainment industry is not for me and I'll just cut it off the list. So at least I won't like dream about it anymore. I'm just going to cut right. it out. Right. So long story short, I make the squad. We go to the Super Bowl that year. Stop it. it.
0: Just stop.
1: The best year to pick to be a cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders. What the hell? Um, we went to the Super Bowl. I came home from the Super Bowl and the very next weekend, I packed up my room in my station wagon and I drove to LA. Oh, good. And I love this story. My friend kept her word. She helped me get started. And the first thing she did was teach me how to sign up to be an extra on TV. And um, this is one of my favorite stories. She's like, okay, you're going to go to Central Casting where they mm-hmm. cast all the extras mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're going to sign up there. And when you get there, you're going to see a line of people waiting to sign up, but I don't want you to wait in line. I want you to get a tray of cookies and I want you to bring your raider at headshot. And I want you to walk right up to the front window and I want you to ask for Sam and give him your cookies and your headshot and just say, I'm new to town. I want to be an extra. That's all you do. This is the
0: best. This is the best. So many good ingredients in this story.
1: Oh, let me tell you. I was like, oh, this sounds like the casting couches. Everybody told me to stay away from. Sure. This sounds real sleazy, <laughs> but I guess so. And so I show up at Central Casting with my sleazy cookies and my headshot. <laughs> and I'm walk Sure enough, there's a line of people down the block waiting to sign up to be an extra. And I just walk right past everybody. I walk up to the window and I'm like, hey, I'm here for Sam. And she's like, all right, hold on. He'll be right out. And so I'm waiting there with my cookies and my headshot. And- This guy comes walking out from the back room and he's wearing a Raiders hat.
0: No, it's not happening. This isn't what's happening right now.
1: Yes. And (laughs) I see him, I'm like, hey, what's up? I'm Sam. I go, oh, who are you? And I hand him my Raider headshot. And he was like, no way. Because we just came off the Super Bowl. At this point, it was like a month ago. And he's like, no way Raiders. Oh my God. Like so excited. And I give him his cookies and I was like, yeah, I'm new to town and I want to be an extra. And he was like, cool. I'll give you a call. And I leave. And like three days later, he calls me and he was like, Hey, do you want to be an extra on friends? And I was like, friends, you mean like the best show of all time? Like the number one show (laughs) currently on television slash my favorite show ever. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to be an extra on friends. And so I go to the set. I remember being this dreamer girl who was young and the idea of being in movies or TV show was so far-fetched that was so out of reach for somebody like me. And I remember walking onto the set of the TV show and I was just an extra. I wasn't anybody special, but I remember how magical it felt just walking on and like seeing... You know, there's Joey and Chandler's room. There's the girl's apartment. There's the coffee shop and, and the smell of a sound stage is so nostalgic for me now. And I remember just walking on and, and feeling like, whoa, I made it. Like I'm here and I was just mm-hmm. there to be an extra. And I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to be an extra, but I just kind of was like following suit. And, um, I made friends with the AD the the second ad the second assistant director and he was funny and I was funny and so we would just make each other laugh and then he goes okay I'm gonna bring you back tomorrow I'm like okay cool all right I'm gonna bring you back next week okay great i am bring you back next week okay great next thing you know I'm an extra on friends for seasons nine and ten and that's how I'm making my money is my 125 dollars a day I am grocery shopping at the craft service table. Like that's full on where I'm getting my snacks and everything that I'm taking home in my little satchel bag. And I was basically taking free class from Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow and watching them work. You know, um, Matt LeBlanc, David Schwimmer, Matt Perry, all of them just, I, I get to watch them work I get to learn the lingo of sets I didn't know what anything meant finding your mark all of these things like I'm just watching and learning it was an incredible experience it's still one of my favorite jobs that I've ever had in my entire life and I've been on you know movies tv shows I've recorded my own hour specials and there's still something so special about that season and that time in my life and um it was how I got started
0: Oh, my gosh! your first of all, I feel like this is Christmas morning listening to you talk. <laughs> That's how big of like the funnest gift under the tree unwrapping that present. That's how it feels listening to you. Tell me that story, so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And your gratitude and your connection to God is so gorgeous that it didn't just bring you to tears, it brought me to tears. And I, I'm just in awe of that. I love, 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 love that you have that resonance. And ooh, did that give me chills that you were simmering in this oxygen of these humans who had already claimed that they were going to be the most expansive version of whatever their gifts were. And no wonder that from that oxygen, you moved into everything that you're doing. So let's just go one step at a time because I'm literally hanging on your every word. (laughs) What do you think, whether you consciously knew it then or you consciously know it now, were some of the things, the big, really big things that you got from that experience about what it means to play fully in your gift, what it means to claim this destiny, what it means to be a great actor. Cause it's a lot more than just learning your lines. And we know that. So what are the intangible, immaterial, really powerful paradigm shifts that sort of got absorbed in you looking back, do you think?
1: First of all, that's a really great, deep question. And it could go so many different places. Yeah. But the first thing that pops into my mind is embodying who you are and not trying or striving. So good. So big. Yes. Yes. Even in your role as being an extra, me on the set, I remember there would be other extras. And they would try to talk to the actors, you know? And as soon as they would try to strike up a conversation, they're moved to a different area. Like, nope, don't, don't do it. Right.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) I had a really strong sense of, I knew my place, but I I knew who I was as well. I knew I was valuable. I was watching and learning and I was, very comfortable and confident in just who I was. This
0: is so good. And it's so good. And I just want to add something. You know, you said in the first two minutes of this conversation that you talked to God and um, we're talking. And so I can see you on Zoom right now and uh, my audience is listening, but there's like a crystal and a singing bowl on your table behind you. Yes. And I thought, all right, this person has a way in To the vibration, right? And when you just said, I knew who I was, I think that that is so big. And I think a lot of times the knowing who we are thing, Mm -hmm. we don't know and we see ourselves as these egos, right? Mm -hmm. These egos have to do a lot of proving, they have to do a lot of explaining, but that's so not who we are, right? We are like this much. Different thing than this ego. And that puts us more like in this flow state, right? And those are the Mm -hmm. moments where we think to maybe talk to the source of all creation. Maybe Mm -hmm, we do mm -hmm. think to meditate or close our eyes and connect with that oneness. And the fact that you said that in the first two minutes led me to believe that you had already some access to who you are, who you really are as a being, as a, as an actual soul, a consciousness which is definitely a big part
1: of this story, right? Absolutely. And I will say that it looked different back then than it does today. Back then, I'm 20 years old moving here. And so I'm fresh out of like youth group at church and going to all the conferences and very interwoven into charismatic Christian church. And that's what I knew. And that was my foundation. And I held on to that so strongly. And I'm very mm-hmm. grateful for a lot of those principles that helped me navigate where I was at. And still today, where, where I'm at today, although it looks differently now, how I tap in, I right. guess.
0: Different language, different tools. Yes. But the train More was tools. moving towards that same station, just in a Absolutely. different car. Yeah, I get it. I was I had a very similar journey. So many of our guests. I don't know if you're friends with Pete Holmes. You probably are.
1: Uh, I, I know him. I, I would say you friends. Guys? I don't want, I don't want to claim friendship. And he's like, oh yeah. Me like, and Pete, Pete are Holmes. besties.
0: <laughs> Next time you talk to Pete, tell him. No, uh, you two will have an amazing conversation at some point very, very soon, most likely. Cause I say it and if I say it, it's going to, I don't know if that's true, but oh, you'll, you'll that. have a really good talk about this and that'll be fun. Similar stories, similar points and really important points. So keep going. So. Here you are, you know when to speak, you know where you are. The other extras are getting kind of ushered into different places, but that's not what's happening for you. Your experience at the time was different and the sea was splitting, so to speak, in a different Mm -hmm. way for you. So what what happened next and how do we get to where you are now filming your own one-hour specials and like jet-setting around the world?
1: So I'm an extra on Friends and when the series is done... The AD moves on to a different show and he takes me on to that show with him. And now I'm a stand-in. So I kind of got a little promotion and I went from an extra to a stand-in. And for those listening who are not familiar with those terms, basically extra just is in the background and you're drinking coffee or whatever you're doing in the background. (laughs) And then a stand-in is someone who stands in the place of the actual actor for lighting and sound purposes. And for camera purposes. So you stand on the mark where she's going to stand. And then at this word, you walk over to her second mark and you stand there. And that's so they can get all the lighting and all the camera angles and everything correct. And then when it's time for the real actor to come in, then you switch spots and she stands there. And then you stand off to the side and you watch. So I was moving up. I'm moving up the ranks. (laughs) I remember even that was incredible. I'm like, I'm actually... I'm I'm on camera now, you know, and I'm I'm wearing a sign on my chest that says somebody else's name, but I'm here, <laughs> I'm standing here. Very cool experience, very special. And at the very end of that series, it was like 22 episodes. It was a stand in the entire season. And the very uh, last episode, I believe it was the very last episode, there was a co-star role. And this girl just said two lines on the show and they hadn't cast it yet. And I remember all the cast of that show at the time kind of rallied around me and was like, well, how about, why don't you just have Angela do it? Like, <laughs> she's right here. Why don't you just let her do it? And they were like, all right, let's have Angela do it. And so that was my first speaking role on TV. And I remember my mom and my sister flew down to LA to come be on the set that day to come and watch me say two words. What show was that? All right. It's called love, Inc. and it was on UPN and yeah, so they flew out and got to watch me say my two lines. I love
0: them for flying. Uh, I love that they did that.
1: Yeah. So supportive. So special. Isn't it wow. amazing how
0: those first things, even though it's not like your Netflix special or like your blockbuster or whatever, how big that felt and how amazing oh, yeah. those things feel. Yeah. So good for people listening to to know those those moments because we we somehow keep pushing the uh the goalposts and really you got such a lift and such a high so many times over and over and over again, way before these, you know,
1: so-called huge things have happened. I think it's it's because when the huge things happen, you have already experienced a lot of rejection and a lot of no and yeah. a lot of hurt, and a lot of disappointment. Yeah. So when you get the big thing, it feels good, but you're still kind of wrestling and struggling with being fully vulnerable about it, fully dreaming for it and manifesting it because you've experienced so much rejection and so much no. But when, when you're just starting out, you're so hungry. The sky's the limit. Anything is possible. You're dreaming in full color, bright colors. Yeah. What do I want? I'm going to dream for it and I'm going to get it. And so all of those things, they, they like embed into our body and we remember what it smells like when you walk onto a soundstage and you remember what it feels like when your family flew out to watch you say two lines, like it was your first thing and it's so important and special. And then as you experience some success, you experience some goodness you start eating a little more and the hunger pains (laughs) kind of dissipate and you're maybe not as hungry as you once were. So it's like when you're real hungry in that first bite, oh man, this is a great metaphor. Yes. And then when you're like snacking little bits along the way and then you get the big meal, you're like, well, this is great. This was a delicious meal, but it's, it's not like it was the hunger pains and like all the, all the stuff. Yep. 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 So
0: how did you find out That you were not just funny, but so funny that you were going to wind up being known for how funny you are. When did that whole piece of this journey really burst into your life in a big way?
1: So my whole family is funny. My dad is hilarious. My siblings are hilarious. My mom, she's so funny because she likes to tell me that she's funny. She'll be (laughs) like, all my students think that I'm funny. And she's she's definitely super cute. My mom's cute. (laughs) And she could be funny too, but my dad is a zinger. I grew up watching my dad get the laugh in every conversation he was in. He was a charmer. He was the guy who like all the ladies loved him. Like, He was just life of the party guy. And so I grew up watching that. And we all have a very quick wit, my siblings. And so like our text thread with each other is hilarious. I'm not even the funniest one in my family by far. Like my brother, Kenny is probably... The funniest person in our family, but he's just not a performer. So anyway, I started doing stand-up and even how that started, I was going to a church at the time here in Los Angeles called the Oasis and every Tuesday night they would do their creative arts night and they would have a dance class, an acting class, a singing class. Basically, they knew that everybody at this church was in yeah. the entertainment industry in some way, so they would offer creative classes on Tuesday nights. And so I was in the acting class on Tuesday night and, um, there was a woman there and she saw me in the class. We would do improv games and I would be funny in the improv games. And she was like, Hey, do you want to come take my joke writing class? I was like, Oh no, is it free? And she's like, Yeah. And I'm like, yes, I had no desire to be a comic at this point. I was like, Yeah, sure. I guess it's free class. Why not? And I started doing this stand up comedy class at the church. And I remember I was telling her, like, I have this one bit that I do. It's like a nail salon thing. I can make that into a joke, I think. And she was like, nail salon jokes are so hacky. Don't even waste your time. And I was like... No way.
0: That's not possible.
1: That's what she said. Yeah. She's like, everybody has a nail salon joke. Steer clear of nail salon jokes. And for those of you listening, I say
0: that reaction, because for those of you listening, many of you maybe know that it got a jillion gazillion like views, but you went on to definitely stake a claim to that whole nail salon bit. So that's just, that's why I had that reaction. But, um,
1: so what then, how, how did that all happen? So then I was like, I don't know if anybody does it the way I do it. So I'll still just do it anyways. Yeah. And, um, I graduated from the class. Our graduation was we had to perform at a real comedy club. And I remember I was really good. And my first set went really well. Had it not gone well, I would have never done it again. Because I was not trying to be a stand-up. So the first time I did it, I was good. And I was like, oh, okay, that was fun. And then I would go to little clubs here and there, little restaurants, little bars, and like do a few sets here and there. And when it turned around for me, I was still fighting the fact that I was becoming a comedian. I was like, I'm not a comedian. I am an actress. I just do this for fun. Meanwhile, I haven't even booked any acting gigs. I'm like, I'm an actress, you guys. <laughs> um, and this is right around my space days. And let me tell you this part of the story. I was a stand-in on that show. And that's when I was taking the pre-class at the church while I was being a stand-in on the show. Well, then the show gets canceled. And my friend, the AD is now out of a job and he hasn't bounced back yet and gotten onto a different job yet. So he's out of a job. So I'm out of a job and I'm kind of at this place in my life where I'm on unemployment. All my unemployment checks have run out. I have no agent getting me auditions or opportunities or anything. I have no money to pay my rent or my bills. I'm at this place where nothing in my life is saying You're on the right track. Keep going. Nothing is pointing in that direction. Mm -hmm. Everything is pointing in the direction of you gave it a shot. Now it's time to go home. That's the reasonable thing. Right. Right. The the reasonable thing is it's time to go home. You tried. You tried and you had some success. You were on an extra. You did like a music video. Like you're doing great to go home. So right around this time, I used it as my pursuing God time. And I would pursue God in the way that I knew how at the time. And the way that I knew how was I was putting on my praise and worship music. I was reading my Bible. I was journaling every day. My my journal entries from, I've saved my journal entries for the past 20 years. And I am an avid journaler. And I would suggest to everybody to journal because it's so amazing to go back over your own words and your own stories of things that you overcame, things that you were struggling with at the time, whoever you had a crush on back then. And thank God I never ended up with that guy and like all all the things, right? So anyways, I was journaling at the time. I was doing my praise and worship and I was praying a lot. And I remember during this time getting like visions in my mind. And I I would see myself as this very successful actress speaking at high school and like inspiring kids and stuff. And at the time I hadn't booked anything. So I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. So I have nothing going on, no money. My sister was sending me money to pay my rent and she would send me gift certificates to the grocery store. And I felt in my spirit, like God was saying, not yet. Hold on. I know it looks bad, but give up. yeah, I, I really felt that in my spirit. So uh, I do a set at this comedy club one night. They pay me 25 bucks and they're like, if you come do... 10 minutes, we'll pay you 25 bucks. And I was like, heck yeah, that's groceries. And so I go and I do this set and they're like, we're recording it. This is before YouTube, right? They're like, we're recording it, flip phone days, flip phone. For Verizon wireless customers. And if you have a Verizon wireless phone, for $1.99, you can download a comedy clip on your phone and watch it on the little tiny screen on your phone. And so that's what they were doing. Come, we'll pay you 25 bucks. Great. So I did it. Signed my little contract, gave you 25 bucks. Awesome groceries went about my life. Months and months going by. I'm in this season of pursuing God, of praying, and just dreaming. And I remember there was this one day where I was praying, and I felt God say in my spirit, "What you're doing right now, spending all this time tapping in, is a luxury. Because there's coming a time soon in your life where you're not going to have this luxury." You're gonna be so busy doing the things that you love and it's going to be from me. So I don't want you to give yourself a guilt trip and get religious on me and be like, oh no, I now I can't spend as much time as I was, you know, praying and worshiping. So this must be the devil's trying to distract me. I felt like God was saying, no, I'm about to give you a gift and you're gonna be very busy. And we're not going to be able to spend all this time together anymore, but that's okay. You're right where you're supposed to be. And I felt that in my heart when I have no auditions, no agents, no money, no nothing. And I was like, okay, I believe it. Next thing you know, it's um January, 2007. And this brand new thing, YouTube comes out. So those comedy clips that they recorded that day, they put on YouTube. And this video starts going viral. Like that's the new term viral. This video starts going viral. People start getting it in their email. It's a brand new thing. Like if you were to get an email from someone and there was a video in it, then you definitely watched it. So many people watch this video. Millions of people in this one month, watch this video of me doing the nail salon joke. By February Everybody in this town had seen this video and I was being called into meetings at Fox, NBC, ABC, CBS, all the production companies. I was getting messages on MySpace. Nobody knew how to get a hold of me. I didn't have an agent. So they would send their assistant to MySpace, message me. And I'd get messages like, hey, I'm the assistant to so-and-so at CBS. They want to meet with you. So-and-so at the CW, they want to meet with you, blah, blah, blah all of a sudden this video is going all over the world and I'm getting so many messages on MySpace from fans like, hey, when are you coming to Australia? When are you coming to the Philippines? When are you coming to Dayton, Ohio? When are you coming here? And at the t- time, I have 12 minutes of stand-up comedy. That's all I have because I just took a Which free It's really
0: hard to write, 12 good minutes. Like That's a lot and that, that wasn't what you thought was a lot and I, I understand because you were just where you were, but that is- yeah already hard enough. And this is just such a crazy story. I I was just about to post before we got on today that if God calls you to something, it doesn't matter how oversaturated the market is or what it looks like from your 3d goggles. There's a zillion divine ways it can happen. And look at this, like No one would have sat you down and been like, Ange, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go, you're assuming 25 bucks, but then it's going to be on this thing for Verizon. You get this, right? This is obviously what's going to happen. Like no one would have predicted this. Not one person, no one. Not one out of a zillion people would have said, this is of course how it happens. But this is what it means to just be a match. Be ready, be receptive to your freaking calling. It's going to just call on you. So keep going. All right, you have 12 minutes. You're getting calls from everyone. It's nuts.
1: When are you coming to perform here and there? And I'm like, oh my god, I, I only have 12 minutes. Like, I can't do my own show at 12 minutes. That's February 2007. By March, I end up getting an agent, uh, getting a new manager. By May, I audition for Mad TV and I booked Mad TV. Yay! Uh, <laughs> by the end of the year, I wrote a bunch of material over the summer, and by the end of the year, I'm headlining. Now, as a touring headliner comedian. And um, from January 2007, my life had completely changed. I had no money in my bank account, no opportunities flowing my way, nothing in my life looking like I was on the right track. To the end of that year, I was on a hit television show on Fox. I was touring the country as a headlining comedian. I had a brand new car my little Nissan Altima was my first car I ever bought by myself. It was unreal how my life had changed in that one year praying and talking to God and feeling like God was saying, it's about to shift. It's about to change. And me being like, okay, I'm ready. (laughs) I'll be honest. it don't look like it, but okay.
0: (laughs) Let's talk about the I'm ready part. As I've been living out my journey, right. And, talking to over 600 humans, you know, I get to talk to people like you, what a gift. Chelsea Clinton was just here and Alicia Silverstone and Deepak Chopra. And and you do this 650 times and live your own journey, right? Which is a similar, obviously journey. I went from a closet to doing this, right? And you start to get a good picture of what's the model, what's happening here. And so what's happening here is it's kind of like Moses going into the wilderness for 80 something years and God is appearing multiple times saying, okay, I'm going to need you. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get you over there to do this thing. And he's literally like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the guy, right? For 80 plus years, like this is a great epic narrative, right? Like Moses is like in the wilderness for 80 something years being like, not seeing it, not feeling it. Don't know how to talk. Don't feel ready. Don't feel ready. And then finally, there's the, I'm ready. I'm doing this. This is not about me. It's not about how I talk. I have a list. I'm doing it anyway. We're going. Let's go. That moment, not everybody experiences in their entire lifetime. That moment is so scary that we keep constructing this 3D height, depth, width cage that's fake. For ourselves and we live inside of it, when the world is really in so many other dimensions beyond this 3D cube, so what allows you to keep being a yes for mm-hmm. what feels so scary? And if people are listening who are unconscious that they're doing this, but as we speak, they're like, "No, no, no, this hits home. This mm-hmm. is so what it is about. I am so scared to step into the bigness and the fullness of just living out my my full assignment. Yeah. How do you say yes to specials? And how do you say yes to touring the world? And how do you say yes to having your name on the trailer and whatever it is that you're doing, even when your ego's like, oh, hell no, I'm not ready? Because mm-hmm. that probably is the one zillion dollar question.
1: So the fact that saying yes is a choice, I think, is something important to pause on for a second. Because even now, where I'm at in my career, I can forget who I am. Like how we were talking earlier about, I was on the set of friends as an extra and I just knew who I was. That was a really strong season of me knowing who I am. Even now I can get in those seasons of doubt, those seasons of just no vision, just lack of vision, cloudiness, and really hard to be a yes person because you forget who you are, which is why I also love journaling to go back and remind myself. And that's one part that I would love to quote in the Bible in Revelations. It talks about, they overcame the enemy by the word of their testimony. And to me, what that means and what that says is my words of my testimony, what I've already conquered, what I've already accomplished, what I've already dreamed for and achieved. When I say it, I'm conquering it again. When I say it and I hear myself, remind myself of who I am, remind myself of how strong I am, how creative I am, how set apart I am, how radiant I am. When I remind myself, because I'm in a season of forgetting right now, I'm forgetting my power. I'm forgetting my authority. I'm forgetting my awesomeness. I'm forgetting my uniqueness. I'm forgetting, I'm doubting. Then when I remind myself, hearing it, I'm saying it, and I'm hearing it, and it's going in my body, and it's this whole circle of just empowering myself. I overcame once, I can overcome again. I overcame that, I'm gonna overcome this. And when you start reminding yourself who you are, then the yeses come. Okay, I'm ready, I'm going. And how you remind yourself for different people, for me, sometimes when I feel disconnected, when I feel not grounded, it's meditating, it's journaling. I'll stop and I'll think, oh, I haven't been journaling for the past couple of weeks. Oh, I haven't meditated. I haven't just paused and sit in silence and know that God is real in the silence. I've been preoccupying myself with my anxiety coping mechanisms, watching a crime show, putting on noise in the background so I don't have to think about my thoughts when I start going, okay, let me turn this off. Let me choose silence. Let me choose a meditation. Let me go through my list of meditations and pick one really quick and just tune in. And those are ways that help me feel grounded, feel realigned, coming back into alignment of who I am, the truth. And from that place, it's easier to now start saying yes. You know what? I am going to audition for that part that I was too scared to audition for. I am going to learn my lines for that you know what? I am actually going to go to the gym and work out. I am going to do that today from that centeredness and groundedness. It's easier to start saying yes with like authenticity, like an actual yes. Like there's important yeses that are like fake it till you make it say yes, just keep showing up. And eventually you'll catch up with yourself. Yes. Where it's like full on my whole body and I'm ready and I'm here.
0: It's really so good. I feel like the way you just spoke that out and talked about speaking it over your life, really like speaking words over your morning every day, you do remind yourself like who you really are. And I just want to call it out because I want everyone to get your book. And it's called, Who Do I Think I Am? Stories of Shallow Wishes and Caviar Dreams. And I think the Caviar Dreams... (laughs) I think there is a lot of not knowing who we are and therefore I'm not worthy of caviar dreams. I think that that's a real big piece of resistance. It's like, it's disguised as humility. It's disguised as integrity. So I want to talk about that because I think we have a value, especially the women I meet, I'm going to generalize, they have a very high value of having integrity and that's really good. And I've come to identify resistance as ego, as not being in the stream. So nobody understands and nobody wants to feel egocentric or egotistical. But this whole caviar dreams is out of reach for me because I have integrity and because I'm humble. I'm wondering when you spent time with Jennifer Aniston, just as an example, and you witnessed her in a season of saying yes to her role not just on the, the set, but her role in the moment, her role in the season, her role being an ambassador for the collective, however she was willing to be, how much of that seemed like it was superficial and how much of it seemed like actual humility and being in a state of grace?
1: I think real, recognize real. When you are in a state authenticity, You recognize authenticity. Yeah. I wrote about it in my book and and it's funny in the way I bring it up, but it kind of speaks to what we're talking about right now. There was a moment where we were on the set of friends. We all broke to lunch and everybody's in the catering line. And of course the cast goes first and they get their meal and producers and everybody gets their meal and then it goes down the line and we're last at the end, you know? And Jennifer Aniston, I don't know, she was doing something and she broke to lunch late. And I remember her coming and standing in line with us at the end of the line, the extras. And of course, you know, one of the assistant directors comes and gets her and is like, no, 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 no. We need you back on set soon. Go get your lunch. Move her up to the front. And she was very gracious and very like, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine here. And they're like, no, no, no. We come here, please. And I remember that spoke to me, being this A-list celebrity the at this point, the highest paid television actress at the time, you know, her and her cast. And um, she's just standing there in line with us. No problem. Not like, guys, I need hurry. Do you mind if I cut? And even that would have been fine. We all would have been like, of course. Are you kidding me? Yes. Standing there with us. And I feel like that, to me, shows just her genuine humanity of just whatever. I'm here just like you're here and let's get lunch. That's so good. That like choked
0: me up because, um, I just feel like I put the brakes on when I don't need to partly because I really very much want to stay so grounded in whatever humility and integrity truly is. And I love knowing it and seeing it. And I feel like I have the blessing of seeing that all the time when I sit with people who are sitting in a palace and they have like the greatest, you know, hearts. So I thank you for being that yourself and sharing that when you wrote this book, what did you hope for? What did you want? If there was one giant paradigm shift for your reader, what were you hoping that would be?
1: That my book would be a key that unlocks something for whoever the reader is, whatever it may be. If it's for you to just dream again, if it's for you to start your own business, to go back to school, to end that toxic relationship, whatever that is, that the words of my story, my testimony, my things that I've gone through, my trauma, My victories, my overcoming, my persevering, my dreaming that the words of my story would be that little key to unlock what's kept you shackled. And whether those shackles are a false humility. And like you were saying earlier, how we sometimes like to mask fear with wisdom.
2: It's really fear.
1: So good. And, and we put this wise mask on. I'm just being mm-hmm. wise. I need to be wise about my finances. I need to be wise about my time. I need to be wise with the energy that I'm getting out. And sure, yes, but also let's remove the mask and let's address the fear that's there. Because in order to succeed at whatever it is that you're dreaming for and you want, you have to get so close to failure, right? You have to meet failure and fear in the face. You have to look it in the face and say, you can't have me. But in order for it to hear you, you got to get close enough. You got to get close enough for fear and failure to hear you. So you have to try You have to step out. You can't see it from way back there in your comfortable comfort zone on your couch, at your desk, wherever your comfort zone is back there, you can't say to to fear and failure way over there in the distance. You can't have me. I'm going to keep going. No, you got to keep going on your journey, making those decisions that you need to make, showing up for yourself day after day after day. You get close, close, close to failure. When you could lose, so close to failure. And that's when you say, you can't have me. Oh,
0: so good. It's amazing to me every time I see it, but it's like for every amount of charge is in the battery pack of you being funny, that's how much equal charge is in your powerful gift of speaking over people. And I just love when somebody has access that, like you can, you, like, if you told me at the end of this, that you are Joel Osteen, I'd be like, of course you are. You know what I mean? Like, but you're, (laughs) that's how much power you have in, in, that's how much you've sort of like allowed this to really come through you, this resonance. So here's here's a couple last pieces. Now, I know people intimately. you know I've been in LA 20 years, so I know a lot of people with big dreams and I know a lot of people with talent and big dreams. and I know the people who have needed to hear what you just said about getting so close to it and saying, no, 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 you can't have me. I mean that was what, what you just said is just so good. So good. It's a medicine. But when somebody is right now, they have been collecting dust on their dream for a while. Mm -hmm. And they have practiced the mental rehearsal Mm -hmm. of God has not shown up and this door has not opened. And I would be delusional to think that this would ever open, even though there were big inflection points along the way where there was some real noticeable validation that this talent was a real talent. I know so many people with that configuration, with that algorithm, that's their equation. This happened at some point, they got this thing, somebody at one point, they were on this show and then it's like, but, uh, and you're like, dude, listen, right? And they are at a place where, guess what? The disappointment broke them so many times that they have now convinced themselves that none of these things are what they want anyway, and they're going to just check a different box of who they're going to be and what they're going to do, even though, wouldn't you know it, lots of things in their life don't feel good, or their back hurts all the time, or whatever the heck it is, and it's just so obvious. That's a hard place to be. And the longer you've stayed there and you've forgotten what it feels like to be fully turned on and in your power and feeling connected to God, you just have evidence of how God is not here in this way for you. So what do you say to those people? Because they need to hear. They need to hear you.
1: Oh, the things that we do to protect ourselves, to protect ourselves from hurt, disappointment, Again, the lies that we tell ourselves, again, the mask, whether it's wisdom mask, it's reality check mask, it's this I'm being realistic. Right, right. right, right. I'm just being no, I get it. I'm just being <laughs> realistic, you know. That's just not realistic for me. I think about my relationship with disappointment and how hard it is to get back up again after you've experienced some real disappointment. And I imagine yeah. my inner child, right. Yeah. And there's this little girl, this little dreamer girl. And she's been wounded, man. Wounded by all this sting of rejection and just scar tissue. And it really hurts. Oh, it hurts for one specific incident. Last year I was up for this big movie the biggest movie I've ever been up for and she wasn't an extra this time she was like right next to the two a-list actors I was gonna be the third one there and I'm not even a list but they was considering me to put me right next to these other two dudes right and I was like whoa the director wanted me for the movie everybody the two actors they were like yes on me for this movie and for months I was on hold for this movie I full-on didn't even I was like let's cancel my tour dates Cause I'm going to book this movie. Like I did so much work on myself to get back to dreaming in color and manifesting this role. I started doing meditations, doing like inner child work. And I went back and, and I, I saw my inner child when we, when we took second place instead of first place at cheerleading competition. And I saw my inner child when we got rejected by the boy And I saw my try to like all this sting of rejection. And I was telling her, I was like, just trust me. We can do it. We've done it before. We can do it again. And I started reminding her about all the times that we did hear yes. Remember that time we heard yes, when you tried out for the Oakland Raiders. And remember that time you heard yes, when... You got to be an extra on friends. And that time you heard yes, when you booked that one movie. And that time you heard yes, when you booked mad TV and you had never done sketch comedy ever (laughs) in your life. You had never written a sketch. Groundlings or second city or any of these prestigious schools. And remember when you heard, yes, we have heard yes before. Just trust me. And it's like, I got her to come out of her like little hiding place and be like, come on, girl, I got you. We can do this. We can dream again just trust me, we can dream again. And I started manifesting this role. I'm visualizing being on the set of this movie. I'm visualizing the billboard and I can see it happen. And I'm like, yes, this is going to be great. And then I get the call that I didn't book it. And when I tell you, I was broken, not because I didn't get this movie. I was broken because I had Just gotten my inner child to trust me again. And I got her to come out and I was like, we're going to do it. And like I was leaning on her and she was leaning on me and like, we can do it together. And then we didn't do it again. The disappointment that I felt in my soul again, it was less about the movie. And it was more about this journey that I had gone on with myself. Totally get it. Yes, yes. And I went into my room. I got down on my yoga mat. I started doing my prayer, my meditation, moving my body, doing all of my movements and and getting this out of my body. And I remember, again, reminding myself who I am. You have an amazing family. Oh my gosh, look at your husband. He's great. Look at your dog. Your dog is incredible and is like the perfect dog for you. I start reminding myself of all the yes in my life again. I start going back over all the times we heard yes. We didn't hear it this time, but we've heard it before and we will hear it again. So I feel like for all of those who are sitting in the sting of rejection and letting them, letting that sting keep them and stuck in this place. Yeah. Remind yourself of the yeses that you've heard in your life and start there, first of all. And then you might get to that place soon enough where you can feel another yes is possible. Uh-huh. It doesn't happen right away, but you will get to that place where you, you can believe yeah. another yes is possible. Another yes, and then you'll get to that place where you can start dreaming in color again because your dreams have been muted. Maybe you could start dreaming in color. Maybe you start asking God for vision vision for my life. Like, if I'm Uh, supposed to be walking in that purpose, if I'm supposed to be a singer, if I'm supposed to be an actress, if I'm supposed to be a director, if I'm supposed to be an author, if I'm supposed to own my my own business, if, if I'm supposed to do that, if that's in my calling, give me vision. Yeah, show me. In my dreams, let me see it while I'm driving. Give me one of those like little pokes in my soul and my spirit that is like undescribable where I just like feel your presence and let that inspire me to hope and dream again. Give me some vision for what I'm supposed to be doing in my calling. Give me vision for that so that I can start dreaming and hoping for it again. Amazing.
0: I mean, it's amazing, and you know, as you're speaking, I just feel like saying this out loud. That, I mean, we've had every great spiritual teacher here—Marion Williamson and Deepak and Rupert Spira was just here—and we've had a lot of amazing people here. You are phenomenal in this, in all of this. You're hysterical. You're beautiful. Your acting is great, as great as great is. And there's this part of you too. And I just wonder how all of this is gonna keep coming forward for you because, oh my gosh, do people need to hear these things and hear it from you because you're funny and cute and pretty and all of the things that are so relatable. And then there's parts that are not relatable, but in the good ways, like I just wonder why certain doors close when you're such a standout in certain ways that uh, I'm just feeling like it's pretty obvious that it's just so much bigger than being cast in movies. It's so much bigger than that. So I'm excited to sit and watch you receive more and more and more of all these opportunities. And my last question, I'm asking this on behalf of my my husband, who really deserves it all. And as you were speaking, I was thinking about my favorite scene. From Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which was my favorite movie growing up. And it reminds me a little bit of my husband because he grew up below the poverty line. His dad had died unexpectedly and they lived, you know, uh, in very, very humble means. And Charlie Bucket, we know this character from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka. I love the scene where he's already gotten his heart broken, right? Because his grandfather gets him a chocolate bar, which is The equivalent of someone spending their entire life savings. Like they had no money Mm -hmm. and uh, there's no golden ticket in there. And he says, you know, grandpa, it's okay. I bet the ticket makes the chocolate taste terrible. And then there's the scene, which is my favorite scene. Many, many minutes later where there's someone speaking at the newsstand and says, Oh, it turns out there's one ticket left. There's a ticket remaining of the five and he's already thought it's over for him. And in the street, he sees a silver dollar. He sees a coin and he looks at it. And this money is so much money for his family. And he looks at the candy store and he looks back at the coin. And this is the whole movie. Because in that moment, he decides to go up to bat. And he knows if he goes in there, and it's not right, he's probably going to risk his whole heart. And he'll have cost his family probably like a week's worth of food. He looks at it again, walks into that candy shop. And he says, I'd like a Wonka bar. He gets a Wonka bar and he slowly opens it up and he's like, shake it. And it's there. And the guy, you know, in every movie, everyone on the street knows your name. Like, Run straight home, Charlie, and don't stop till you get there. And he runs all the way home. And he's like, I got it. And that's it. The whole movie was his courage to get up to bat that second time when he literally had nothing left. He was at empty and he does it again. Right. And then he wins the whole factory. That takes so much guts. Right. This is a kid who doesn't have a dad. This is a kid who has no money. And he's willing to have one more shot of hope, of magic, of mysticism, and he gets it all. And that's why we love that movie, right? So I ask you this because, so my husband is a really good human being and he lost his dad and they had nothing. And he was a lawyer for a long time. And I had this big idea to start a podcast and it changed everything. And he didn't have to work after a while. And we bought a big house in Brentwood and my kids started going to private schools. I started driving a Range Rover and I was like, what the hell is happening? And he's always wanted to do comedy. So he is the funniest person in the room. Always. He's like your dad, very crush worthy, very funny Mm -hmm. and very humble. So he's doing it now. And uh, he's actually doing a show at the improv September 18th. He got their whole room, the whole main room. I mean, it's insane the things that have happened in no time zero time warp speed. I said, your dad, he's just, he's, he's, he's petitioning the heavenly court.
1: Oh yeah. Come on.
0: Yeah. But he has in his head still, it doesn't matter how much evidence there is of anything because he did get his heart broken in the biggest way as a really young kid, right? That's really hard to lose your dad. So there's all these people, who as much as they hear what you're saying, they say, but come on, Angela's a unicorn. She's so gorgeous and she's so talented. And she knew the guy, she knew Sam and he had a Raiders hat on. And she, it was like, it was was all like, you know, perfect. It's a unicorn, it's a unicorn. But if somebody is saying that and they want to become a famous standup, but they're 48 and they're like, Kath, Okay. Easy does it. So someone was being nice to me. So I got this break. I got that break, but it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. What do they need to hear? What do they need to know? What would you have them do
1: to understand that this might actually happen? So, um, in the same way, like you mentioned that somebody could be like, Oh yeah, but she knew the guy and the Raider hat and the whole thing. So she got that like hookup. That hookup was a part of my journey and my plan. It was on my road. Had I not started walking on the road, even when I was hungry, when it was desolate, when there was, it was like, I don't see anything up ahead. I went down the wrong path. I don't see any signs telling me I'm almost there. I went down the wrong way. I shouldn't be going. I should, should I just turn around? I mean, I've already been walking for this long. Maybe it's better if I just go back. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's, I get it. But on your journey, there's little blessings for you along the way. The Wizard of Oz is my favorite movie growing up. And Dorothy is on this journey and on the way, she has blessings along the way. And she picks them up. A scarecrow, a tin man, a lion. And these are all her blessings on her journey from this little munchkin land getting to the Emerald City, right? And so she's on this path. And this whole time, she can be doubting if she's ever going to get home. Am I ever going to get there? I'm too old. I'm 48. Yeah, sure. Glenda the Good Witch came and and she magically put the ruby slippers on. And sure. Okay. Sure, the Tin Man's now with me. Okay, yeah. And you can make all the excuses. But as long as you keep walking, like on your journey, right? And you get there. What stands out to me in this story, when she gets to the Emerald City, she's just trying to get home. She's trying to get to her destination. And she thinks the wizard is it. The wizard will get me there. And then come to find out he's a fraud. Moved the curtain. He's just this dude right here. He's just a fraud. Oh, but he has this this uh hot air balloon, the hot air balloon will get you back, right? And it's like, okay, there's the hot air balloon, let's go. And then Toto runs out, she has to go get Toto, and the hot air balloon leaves without her. And it's like, are you kidding me? How is this even possible that I get home? And how does she do it? With something she had with her the entire time. The ruby slippers. All she had to do was click them slippers and say where she wanted to go. She had it with her the entire journey. She learned so much along the way. She learned about courage. She learned about love. She learned about all these different things. She experienced disappointment. She got kidnapped in the castle. Like she went (laughs) through some trauma. Yeah. I wonder what is within you that you already have that is waiting for you to tap in, to lock in and go. I would tell your husband, keep walking on that journey. Sure, maybe somebody just gave you a night at the improv because they feel generous that day. And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll give you a night. Or God is aligning the stars exactly where they need to be for you to walk in at the right time. And that's something I used to pray all the time when I would start my day. And I'd be like, God, I thank you for whatever you're going to put in my path. I thank you for what you're doing behind the scenes today. All the things that I cannot see, all the things that you're doing behind the scenes for my good. So that by the time I walk into the room, that person made it through traffic. That person made it over school their coffee. That person made it, even though their kid had an accident and at school or whatever it was, They all made it into that conference room. So by the time I walk in, you've already lined up everybody that needs to be in my presence. Whoever needs to be there. Thank you for what you're doing behind the scenes as I just walk in my journey. So sure, husband, yes, somebody could have gave you that night because they were feeling generous or maybe they heard that your wife is Kathy and they're like, yeah, yeah, let's give him this night. Sure. Maybe it's that. (laughs) Or maybe you are right where you're supposed to be and just keep showing up for yourself to the best of your ability. Amazing.
0: All I want to do every day is just make sure that I get to listen to you speak. So you're amazing. (laughs) You're amazing. Uh, Tell everybody where they can watch you, find you, read your book, and follow along.
1: So my book is Who Do I Think I Am? Stories of Chola Wishes and Caviar Dreams. It's available anywhere you get your books, and you can get it on Audible and listen to me read it to you myself. You can follow me on all the social media platforms, on Instagram, TikTok. If you want to talk with me, Instagram is usually where I'm most active and communicating with people. And you can go to my website, Angela.com, dot com, to see when I'm coming to a city near you on my Who Do I Think I Am tour. And I'm filming my hour special. It's my number six hour special in Nashville, Tennessee. On October 1st. So if you're in that area, come be a part of the taping. That is so cool. I have
0: to just ask you this one thing, and it's like a one second thing, which is what was it like for you to be on Curb? Because it's my favorite show.
1: <laughs> Incredible. And one of those, again, moments of like, believe in yourself, embody who you are. Because at this point, I am with the greatest of the greats in improvisation. My whole audition was an improv audition. They're like, here's the scene. You start here. We need you to get here. Go. And that was my audition. And so then, time, same thing. We walk on set. All right, this is what's happening in this scene. And uh, we need you to get to this point. Go. And here I am going toe-to-toe with Larry. Just, what's up? You know? And it's like, I could have got in my head and been like, who am I? Who believed in me enough to book me, so I should believe in me too. Let's go. That's what it was. And it was... So fun, and I, I feel like it flew by so fast. If I all of a sudden we're done, we're like, All right, that's a wrap on Angela. Oh, I'm done already. Oh, that was so fun. Can we do some more? Um, it was incredible.
0: I love it so much. You are amazing and so generous. So generous. You've probably done so many hours of interviews, and you give so much of your whole soul. So I thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Uh, what a gift! Thank what you. A gift. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And honestly, you you draw out the right <laughs> questions. You're here in this with me, so I feel like yeah, we're going on a journey together. Like yeah. I'm not talking to a wall, you know. I'm like yeah, let's go experience something. Let's so go thank experience you. something.
0: You also are so beautiful, and I love it. you. Have great hair when you're talking with Jennifer Aniston. I'm like, do they just choose people on the set with great hair? <laughs> the great hair only zone, uh, Angela. Stay in touch. Uh, I live in LA. I'm sure I'll come to a show and see you and say, we'll cross paths at some point. This was amazing. Love that? Thank, Thank you. you. God bless you. Uh, Angela, she really took us to church. That was amazing. Here are the takeaways. Number one, believe in yourself and embody who you are. Number two, if God calls you to something, it doesn't matter how oversaturated the market is. There are a zillion divine ways it can happen. Number three, say what you've already conquered, what you've accomplished, what you've achieved, and remind yourself of how strong, creative, unique, and radiant you are so you can come back to yourself. From that place of feeling grounded and back into alignment with who you are, it's easier to say yes to the scary things. Number four, we mask fear with wisdom. Remove the mask and address the fear that's there. You have to get close to failure and fear so you can look them in the face and say, you can't have me. Number five, remind yourself of all the times you've heard yes in your life. You'll get to a place where you believe another yes is possible and you're dreaming in color again. Number six, start walking on the road. There's little blessings for you along the journey that are all a part of your plan. You've always had what you needed to get home to your destination. It's within you, waiting for you to tap in lock in and go. And number seven, God is aligning the stars exactly where they need to be for you to walk in at the right time. You're right where you're supposed to be. Keep showing up for yourself to do the best of your ability. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It means so much to me. I just can't put words on how much I appreciate it. And because I appreciate it so much, I want to tell you about an incredible thing that we are doing. So this month, at the end of this month is International Podcasting Day. And this month is all about celebrating podcasts and podcasts that you love. And so we want to celebrate you and I want to celebrate you. So here's what we're doing. At the end of this month, I'm going to choose one of you to be flown to Los Angeles to have a shopping spree of a thousand dollars, to go to the spa. I'm going to be treating you to get your hair blown out and get your nails done. And also you're going to have a 90 minute one-on-one coaching session with me in person. If you want to be in on that, all you have to do is share this podcast. And whoever shares the podcast the most, you are going to be given that So if you share the podcast the most, you'll win. And all that takes is it means go to kathyheller.com slash sharing and you will find out what does that mean. And we're basically going to ask you there to track how many people you've emailed the podcast to or how many times have you shared it on your social media. And I'm telling you what, you could very much win that. But not only that, you can win other things. We're going to give the top 100 of you a very special price and VIP tickets to the two-day event I'm doing with Andy Grammer and Rachel Platten and Amy Purdy and Candice Nelson. And you're also going to have other goodies to win. You will be entered into a raffle for a MacBook Air just by joining in on it, just by participating at all. You'll be entered into a raffle for a MacBook Air. So much good stuff. And all you have to do is be sharing about this podcast. Make sure you subscribe and review, and then share the heck out of this podcast. If you do. Any of that, you are entered into the raffle to win a MacBook Air. You are also then on your way to being one of the top 100 participants. We're going to give you VIP tickets and all these extra special things. And the person who shares the podcast the most is going to win a free trip to LA. Plus you're going to have a $1,000 shopping spree. So go to kathyhow.com slash sharing and get on board and be a part of this month and help us spread the word about this show. All you have to do is be a part of this. And I think you're going to feel very rewarded. So I would love that. Uh, also want to remind you of the events that are coming up. You can be a part of our bootcamp we are doing a free workshop next week, starting September 12th on podcasting. It's all about podcasting. It's about how to create an amazing audience. It's about how to use this audience to create whatever kind of impact, whatever kind of business. It's just incredible. I'm going to be going over all that with you. You can go to kathyheller.com slash bootcamp to grab your free seat in this free workshop. I will be live with you next week. All week, there'll be tons of giveaways. And by the way, if you want to be entered into winning a microphone and Beats earphones and a Marc Jacobs tote, all you have to do again is subscribe and review the podcast because that enters you into the giveaway. For that giveaway, I'll be giving three people a microphone and Beats headphones and a Marc Jacobs tote. And I'll be announcing that on the first day of our boot camp next week. And uh, lastly... If you are in the LA area, and if you want to come see my husband do some stand-up, go to the link in my Instagram bio and go grab tickets to his comedy show, September 18th. And finally, if you want to grab the Labor Day code so that you can save $100 on the two-day experience, you can use the code RISE and you can save $100 and you can go grab your tickets to our two-day Kathy Heller and Friends event with Andy Grammer, Rachel Platton, Amy Purdy, Candice Nelson, and more. Just go to kathyheller.com slash friends and you can grab your ticket. You can also find that link in my Instagram bio if that is easier for you. And uh, if you are an alumni, you can go on over and DM me on Instagram and I will send you your code that alumni have and it expires very, very soon, but you can get 50% off your tickets to this event. So just DM me for the code. I love you so much. We have so many good episodes coming up. It is just phenomenal. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends. If you felt compelled to share this in your Instagram stories, tag Angela. She's at A-N-J-E-L-A-H, Angela Johnson. And you can tag me as well. And I just love you so much. And I can't wait for more episodes because you are just going to be blown away by the good stuff that keeps coming down this Pipe line I love you so much I'll see you hopefully at these shows I will see you in the boot camp and I will talk to you again in our next episode